Brought to you by PrayLatin.com, makers of prayer cards featuring complete English phonetic renderings of Latin pronunciations. A story has caught fire online over the weekend, the leak of an exchange of letters between English Cardinal Nichols and Archbishop Roach, the latter of whom is the point man for Francis's war against the traditional liturgy. What made this story catch fire was undoubtedly the publication of this letter by the newly revamped 1 Peter 5, with accompanying commentary by lay theologian Joseph Shaw, a faithful Catholic who is known for his measured commentary and sharp takes on liturgical issues of the day without getting mired in the weeds. He makes it easy to understand this stuff. Normally, the letters, I just read them for you, since I expect that most of the audience can handle the letters written by bishops for public consumption. But in this case, I won't be doing that, since these letters are pretty technical. Instead, I'll present to you some of the analysis I've seen floating around online, including Joseph Shaw's analysis, as well as, of course, providing some of my own. So let's dive into this special edition of a Monday episode, because this is a big story. Let's start by doing what I sometimes do, though, by checking in with Francis, who had some words of wisdom at his Angelus yesterday, and I'm presenting them to you because they fit perfectly with the discussion of the letter exchange that I'm started you with. At his Angelus, Francis said, quote, Today we see clericalism in many places, this being above the humble, exploiting and beating them, feeling perfect. This is the evil of clericalism. It's a warning for all times, church and society. Never take advantage of your position to crush others. End quote. Now, I want to just let that last sentence really float around your mind for a moment as we talk about Traditionis Custodis and Francis's aim to end the Latin Mass altogether. Here's that statement again. Quote, Never take advantage of your position to crush others. End quote. That's simply an amazing statement coming from Francis, and I have to say that my hat is off to him for his brazenness, because 2021 has been a year of Francis using his authority to crush others. That statement is just beyond breathtaking. Bear that breathtaking statement in mind while I go over this letter. Again, over the weekend, the internet was abuzz with the letters between Nichols and Roach. The letters reveal the purpose and intent of Traditionis Custodis. For Roach, Traditionis Custodis allows pastoral prudence for a very limited time only on the topic of whether the Latin Mass is to be permitted at all. Remember, for a limited time only, Roach alleges that Samorum Pontificum was quote-unquote misinterpreted, which caused a growth that was not sanctioned by Benedict XVI, if you can believe it. According to Francis and Roach's view, Samorum Pontificum was never meant to fuel a growth in young people attending the Latin Mass at all. I've mentioned before that this growth is precisely the breaking point for Francis, who has taken it upon himself to reinterpret what Vatican II was all about and to implement it in his likeness and image. Something noteworthy is Roach's anti-Vatican II statement that a greater autonomy of diocesan bishops in liturgical matters was quote-unquote helpful. Vatican II empowered the bishops in a major way, and here, Roach rejects that entirely. Thus, Francis has disempowered the bishops. Traditionis Custodis has been sold to the public as being about empowering the bishops, but in reality, it utterly stripped them of power, with the only oversight made by the document's authors being that Canon 87 of the Code of Canon Law remains in place. If you're not aware, Canon 87 enables a bishop to ignore any modu proprio or similar act by the Supreme Pontiff that they wish, and it has been invoked a few times already by bishops in various parts of the world in defense of the Latin Mass. In the letter, Roach writes that Traditionis Custodis speaks only about the Roman Mass and not 
other liturgical expressions of the Roman rite of Mass, and that questions about the liturgical calendar should be handled with care. As the Gloria.tv article points out on this, quote, Translations used in the Roman Rite should be taken from the often manipulated translations used for the Novus Ordo, and quote-unquote groups are for roach, personal parishes, and stable congregations, end quote. If you wonder what I mean by often manipulated translations of the, no of the Novus Ordo, your NAB Bible, and those are, they're, they're horrifically bad at translations. The channel Ascent of Mount Carmel has a wonderful playlist on the New American Bible. Check it out if you want to. Here, groups means, though, things like the St. John Cantius group in Chicago, Clear Creek Abbey, various religious orders, and, of course, the FSSP and Institute of Christ the King, among others. We are reminded in these letters that no new groups are to be established dedicated to the traditional liturgy. Being a guardian of tradition in this sense means suppressing and burying tradition forever. I'm going to pivot here a bit. Joseph Shaw, a 1 Peter 5, analyzed the document and provides a laser focus on the question of the pre-Vatican II form of the sacraments. For those not aware, all of the sacraments were changed by Paul VI starting in the late 1960s and into the very early 1970s. Baptism, confession, the nuptial sacrament, all of them were changed in some degree or another. Many people are not aware of this. Not one of the seven sacraments was left untouched, and changes were done to the types and kinds of holy orders and even to exorcism all around this time. Shaw goes over the sacramental question that many of us have had about Traditionis Custodis, because it was not in that document, when he says here, quote, Cardinal Nichols's question about the, the other sacraments, nuptial, baptism, and so on, if the quote-unquote previous forms, which permitted them, have been abolished, where does that leave them? It's a reasonable question, since they are not mentioned in Traditionis Custodis. The CDW's response, meaning Cardinal Roach, however, is not cut and dried. It implies that a quote-unquote full implementation of Traditionis Custodis would end the provision of the other sacraments. This is not surprising, as Traditionis Custodis aspires to end the celebration of the ancient Mass, and it would be odd if the other sacraments continued after that had come to pass. This is immediately qualified, however, by the need for pastoral sensitivity. Then at the top of the second page of the letter is a passage rather difficult to follow, but which appears to be criticizing the way these matters have developed up to now, as going beyond what was really permitted. Archbishop Roach may like to refresh his memory of the documents setting up the different traditional priestly institutes, who were explicitly given permission to offer the, new, the other sacraments according to the old books. Thus, on the 10th of September, 1988, the Fraternity of St. Peter was given this privilege. Here, Mr. Shaw quotes directly from the Ecclesia Dei Afflictus document, which is what established the Ecclesia Dei Institute, the FSSP, and other groups. Here he quotes it. In virtue of the faculty granted to it by the Supreme Pontiff John Paul II, the Pontifical Commission Ecclesia Dei concedes to that which is called the Fraternity of St. Peter, founded July 18, 1988 and declared of pontifical right by the Holy See, the faculty of celebrating Mass, and carrying out the rites of the sacraments and other sacred acts, as well as fulfilling the divine office according to the typical edition of the liturgical books in force in the year 1962, namely the Missal, Ritual, Pontifical, and Roman Breviary. This faculty may be used in their own churches or oratories, otherwise it may only be used with the consent of the ordinary of the place except for the celebration of private masses, anything to the contrary notwithstanding. End quote. 
Now, Samorum Pontificum changed that by explicitly allowing for the Mass to be expanded by giving the right to any priest of the Roman Rite to say the Mass as he wished, as long as there was a need, meaning that you had enough people in your parish who asked the priest for it, or your bishop comes to you and says, hey, there have been a lot of people around the diocese asking for a traditional Latin Mass, would you be interested? Those groups like the FSSP would need to be invited into the diocese to serve at the behest of the bishop, and that hasn't changed. But let's continue here with Mr. Shaw. Quote, Cardinal Nichols is very aware of the ultimate stated aim of Traditionus Custodis, the complete cessation of celebrations of the ancient Mass. Archbishop Roach, however, puts the stress on the need for a delicacy of care and direction. The old Mass has been regulated and not suppressed. This is unequivocal good news, and we must not allow any negative phrasing in these letters to distract us from that. The Latin Mass Society, like Una Voce groups and around the world in the Una Voce Federation, which represents them, promotes the Vetus Ordo. In the current state, we cannot expect the official organs of the Holy See to approve of this activity. Though they did up to a few months ago, we will see how long it is until the attitude changes again. In the meantime, we will continue to argue for what we think is right, with due respect for persons, as is our right and duty as Catholics. End quote. And I believe it's Canon 225 that they're referencing there, which is what gives the laity the right to speak on these matters in defense of the faith. But remember, the Latin Mass has been regulated, not suppressed. For now. Remember, Roach and Francis say the aim is to get us all back to the Novus Ordo. That is the long-term goal. And while some bishops have said some correct things about correcting liturgical errors in the Novus Ordo, the effect on the Novus Ordo of Traditionus Custodis has been that many of the reverent, traditional-feeling Novus Ordo Masses have been suppressed and priests have been sent packing. And this speaks to something Roach said in the letter that many people have focused on. I'm going to use what a, an account on Twitter called Catholic Set had of putting it, since it nicely synthesizes about a hundred different versions of this opinion I've seen, and that I do share with. So here it is, quote, There has been considerable misinterpretation of the previous provisions with growing practices, developments, and promotion, which in no small part has encouraged a growth that was not foreseen or sanctioned by previous pontiffs. End quote. And there Catholic Sat is quoting Archbishop Roach in that letter, to which he asks, quote, why would the prefect of the Congregation for Divine Worship and the Discipline of the Sacraments want to stifle the movement of the Holy Spirit, the absolute height of clericalism? End quote. Clearly, the growth and resurgence of the traditional liturgy and sacramental life, as well as growth in traditional devotions and practices among the laity, is a movement of the Holy Ghost. Who is Archbishop Roach to use his position to crush this? This, by Francis's definition that I began this with today, is the very height of clericalism. Roach admits that the goal is to get us all to eventually come back to the Novus Ordo, and by necessity, to end the traditional Latin Mass forever. Cardinal Pietro Parolin, back in May or June of 2021, before Traditionis Custodis was released, said it was necessary to end the Latin Mass forever, and this is the aim of Traditionis Custodis, even if the Latin Mass hasn't been formally abrogated yet. The problem is, Two popes have said that the traditional liturgy cannot ever be suppressed. First, here's what Benedict XVI had to say about that in Samorum Pontificum. Quote, What earlier generations held as sacred remains sacred and great for us, too, and it cannot be all of a sudden entirely forbidden or even considered harmful. End quote. He's exactly right, of course. Not that it would stop Francis and company from trying. The other pontiff who spoke about this was Pope St. Pius V when he issued Quo Primum, 
which did not issue a new liturgy that we've come to call the Tridentine Rite, but rather ended newer liturgies from being written and preserved the Roman Rite of Mass as the main rite of the Latin Rite of the Church. The TLM was the main rite of the Latin Rite Church, with some tightening up of the liturgy being made. Here, Pius V states something that is hard to get around and has serious implications for the Mass of Paul VI, among other things. Quote, Furthermore, by these presents, this law, in virtue of our apostolic authority, we grant and concede, in perpetuity, that, for the chanting or, or reading of the Mass in any church whatsoever, this missal, the missal of Pius V, is hereafter to be followed absolutely, without any scruple, of conscience or fear of occurring any penalty, judgment, or censure, and may freely and lawfully be used. Nor are superiors, administrators, canons, chaplains, or other secular priests, or religious of whatever title designated, obliged to celebrate the Mass otherwise than is enjoined by us. We likewise declare and ordain that no one whosoever is forced or coerced to alter this missal, and that this present document cannot be revoked or modified, but remain always valid and retain its full force, notwithstanding the previous constitutions and decrees of the Holy See, as well as any general or special constitutions or edicts of provincial synodal councils, and notwithstanding the practice and custom of the aforesaid churches established by long and immemorial prescription except, however, if more than 200 years standing, end quote. What that means is that when Pius V issued, quote, primum, he ended any form of the Mass that was not at least 200 years old. The Latin rite, the Roman rite of Mass, the traditional Latin Mass, was much older than 200 years old. He just tightened its rubrics a little bit. But here's something you need to consider. What do you think the words in perpetuity means? It means forever. And this document came with a stamp of infallibility on it in the form of anathemas attached to anyone who tried to do what Traditionis Custodis is attempting to do. It's why Paul VI said he was not technically suppressing the Latin Mass, by the way. Not that anyone in Rome at present cares that much. And I say that they don't care that much because, as Diane Montagna reported at the end of October, most of the bishops in the target countries, meaning the U.S., France, England, and a few other places, did not want to see the Latin Mass ended. And it was by a rather large majority, something like 75% of them did not want to see Traditionis Custodis at all. They wanted the status quo to remain. A link to that story, along with my other sources today, are in the show notes at returntotradition.org. That's returntotradition, the name of this podcast, .org. I'm getting some help from a skilled listener and giving it a facelift with the aim of it being made more dynamic and easier to use for you. So if you have a suggestion or something that would make the sources site easier to use, let me know in the comments, please. I'm going to close this with this. The line that jumped out at me from these letters that I haven't seen any public discussion of is this description of the Latin Mass. Quote, the Latin Mass is an ecclesiology that is not part of the church's magisterium. End quote. Is this admit an admission that since the council we have had a different church? That has been the critique of the Novus Ordo for decades now. And remember, the Novus Ordo is not just the Mass. It goes well beyond merely the Mass. And we've always been told, however, that when someone asks if it's a different church, they say, no, it's the same. But statements that say that about the Latin Mass, that the Latin Mass is an ecclesiology that is not part of the church's magisterium, are self-defeating and self-contradictory statements, and frankly, they're not Catholic statements, when we bring in quo primum or Benedict statements about the liturgy. So what is it? 
I have to ask because the longer this story develops, the more obvious it is that Francis, Roach, and the rest don't really have any idea what they're doing, or what the implications of it truly are. But now we have it straight from Roach's mouth, or his keyboard strokes, that is, that the aim is to bring us back to the Novus Ordo, and that pastoral considerations that give bishops any leeway with the Mass are available for an extremely short time. Which begs the question, what will you do if, in, I don't know, say 2024, Francis issues Traditionis Custodis II and ends the Latin Mass altogether? Will you submit? Or will you seek out the traditional sacraments elsewhere? Let me know your thoughts in the comments, please, and like and subscribe if you haven't. It really does help, especially in these days when our hosts are acting very oddly towards anyone in the Catholic commentary world. Things are a little strange right now on <laughs> over here. As always, pray for the Church. I'm Anthony Stein. Ave Maria.